Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show, hour number two. We are here. Um, Talking about the, the Badgers and the loss in Indiana, I get it. You get thrown off a little bit by the fire alarm, but what I said was that this is kind of Kind of apropos, uh, maybe some foreshadowing, uh, maybe a metaphor, if you will, uh, depending on what uh, adjective you want to throw behind it. The fire alarm went off literally and figuratively for this team. And I, this is, this is, this is tough. It's a, it's a little bit of a nose. It's not a little bit. It's a nosedive after being so high and just generating so much enthusiasm. And now people are left scratching their heads going, what, what, what the hell? What, what's going on? And why has it gotten so inept looking at times? And th- this, is from, uh, this is from Jack. Jack says, hey, Bill, I, I, he, here you go. He says, I correlate this to Joe Barry. Joe Barry and Greg Gard both know what they're doing. However, maybe they just don't know how to teach it, which I don't necessarily believe. More Joe Barry than Greg Gard. Come on. He says, but guys tend to get worse under them. They don't play to their potential. And aren't they supposed to put the right guys in the right place to be successful at the right time? Of course they are. Joe Barry wasn't able to do it, wasn't able to communicate, and did not get through to his guys. Therefore, he's out of a job. Same circumstance is going to be with Greg Gard. After years of trying, he's finally got a pretty good team that he has not been able to pull out of a nosedive, as you say, to be able to make this team successful. Good coaches figure out ways to stop the bleeding. Guard has not been able to do so in numerous seasons now. This is a systematic, systemic problem with Greg Guard and his coaching staff. I don't think he's long for this world. I like Greg Guard. I think he is a good guy. Uh, and much like the other uh, emailer said earlier, he said, I've met him at a couple of different Badger functions. He's always been very cordial, always been very nice, and seemingly very knowledgeable. I just don't think he has the ear of the players the way he needs to have the ears of the players. And uh, he goes on from there. But thanks for the email. Again, I, 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 I hate to say, you know, call for jobs and such. I just, I'm going to sit back with my arms folded over the next three weeks and say, show me. Show me. And Grant, like you said, you know, and here's the other question. Maybe we throw this out there. Do you believe it's the talent or the coaching? And that's that's maybe a more legitimate question. Because, like you said, you rolled through a group, and there's people that disagree with Crowell and, and such. Uh, Skinny from Madison says Crowell doesn't have the talent, that, uh, and that's one of the major reasons for the losses. Uh, but, okay, you've got other guys on this team. Now tell me this. Do you believe it's the talent, or do you believe it's the coaching? Right now I believe it's the coaching. But we got to remember in college that talent is part of coach. Like Greg Gard brought all these guys here and has right. developed all these guys. So he gets credit for that. I, I really don't have any frustration. I love this roster. I think this is one of Greg Gard's best rosters in years. And I know Stephen Crowell. Like I get frustrated at Stephen Crowell too. Crowell's Crow, good offensively. He's not great defensively. When he wants to be, he, can, he right. can be okay offensively. He gets a little passive. I think Wall has been awesome the last couple of weeks despite the losses you can't do any better defensively in a backcourt than Chucky Hepburn and Max Klesman right. and AJ stores this athletic dynamo that you can all use in all sorts of different ways I love this roster now it's not like 
the undefeated Kentucky team, of course. But when we're, you know, comparing this roster to past Badgers rosters, I love this team. And they just haven't been able to win games over the last right. month. And it's the it's the coaching and the messaging and the execution. That's my issue. It has not, not much to do with the talent. I I would tend to agree. Uh, I, give, I, I will give you Crow when he wants to. Defense is a state of mind. And I, you don't need to watch any more ba- college basketball than you do with Marquette. I, I just – Marquette has this thing, and they always have, even going back to Tom Crean, and I'm sure Greg Gard does as well, but they like really, really, really get up on touches, on defensive touches. How many times you get your hand in the way of the basketball? How many times you tip a pass, block a pass, steal a pass? How many times you can block a shot, you know, and and get a hand in a, as a defender in the face of a shooter? Um, I, I mean, you know, the, they give points for you know not giving to you know the opponent uh, you know uh, touches on the offensive ends of the boards. I mean, it's just they really define themselves in that way. Now they just happen to have better athletes and they're they're better shooters. Certainly, and you can see how that translates to the under, other end of the floor. I'll say this: the one thing about the, the Badgers uh, that I've noticed, you look, you watch my, you know, hell, you can even watch what the Bucks have done over the last few weeks or last few games. The Bucks have taken defense. If you look since Doc got there, it's gotten steadily better. The Bucks over the last couple of weeks have been one of the better defenders in the, in the NBA. They have turned defense into offense, into the energy of offense. Marquette feeds off of that. I mean, they feast on playing defense and then getting you at the other end and creating opportunities off of defense. You don't see that as much with the Badgers. That's what they want to do that. It's not from a lack of, of, of want to, but you don't see that. It's, it's a little more, like you said, at times it can be a little more passive. Defensively in the backcourt, absolutely. But I, there are times where you're like, wow, he just watched him go around him. You know, now it happens to everybody occasionally. I get that. I'm not going to condemn them every time somebody scores. But I see far too many times where you get an uncontested look. You don't get a handout. You don't get a hand in the face. You know, it's great that you've got hands down and you're not allowing a guy to get around you and you're swatting at the basketball as he tries to go past you. But there are times where just the handwork alone seems to be weak. And that, if I can point to anything, they don't draw energy offensively from the defensive end nearly enough, if that makes sense. Uh, 877-867-1670. Guard and UW have to win two of the last three. Why are they always at the top of the key? No presence under the rim. Crow is uh, the uh, smartest seven-footer out there, or the smallest seven-footer out there. Plays too far out from underneath the basket. There you have it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to say something, please feel free. Now's the time to do it. We've been we've been asked numerous times to talk Badger basketball, so now we're doing it. And don't forget, coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to have Zach Heilprin here, who covers the Badgers. We're going to talk with him as well about this. Ryan says, uh, guard has got to go. I've been screaming this for years. He doesn't have that killer instinct in him, and he doesn't instill it in his team. This team is weak-minded, and that shows on the floor. That is from Ryan. Uh, Timothy has the opposite opinion. He said, I don't think it's guard. I think it's a talent. But you also have to fault him because he's he's the guy that's recruited that talent. Uh, he says that uh, guard recruits the lesser of the four- and five-star recruits and tries to make something of them the way Bo did. Bo was able to do it. Guard is not Bo, and he has to realize that and start to get better talent. But what comes first, success or the better talent? 
I think the better talent has to show up. But who wants to show up and play for this team the way it's going right now? That's from Tim. Tim, appreciate the email. This Eight is, seven seven. Yeah, go ahead. Well, this is nuts. Like, okay, he's not Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan's probably going to go into the the basketball Hall of Fame before. Tonight. Yeah. Like, Bo Ryan, first of all, coached in a different era of college basketball when things were a little mm-hmm. different. And Bo Ryan's one of the best basketball coaches the state will ever see. So, okay, you right. want to compare him to Bo? Greg Gard's probably going to come up short. I, I I don't understand where people think this roster is lacking. I, I like, yeah, Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell aren't Zach Eady or they're not Frank Kaminsky or like, sure. This roster, I think this is one of the best rosters Greg Gard has had in a while. And what the hell? He recruits the lesser of the four star recruits. What the hell does that even mean? Like, well, I don't yeah, even he's, know. He's a four star guy, but he's well, he's not right. a good four star guy. What, what are we doing here? I don't get it. Right. Don't know. Don't know. Completely get it. Don't know. Um, Now, the one thing I will say uh, about, you know, him not being Bo Ryan. He was Bo Ryan's guy. He was Bo Ryan did what he did the way he did it to basically force Barry into keeping Greg Gard as the head coach. To say this, you're not going to go out and do a search. You're not going to go find somebody else. This is the guy I want to take over the program after I leave. That's the way they set it up. Bo did that for a reason. We all know that the you know things flew around you know that were happening off the court, but bo did that for a reason there was a specific way of working that system so that way greg guard had to take it over and he had success he did well you know um and bo had a system and a way of doing things maybe guard is still doing that and the one thing that bo did was he insisted you will earn your time and you will not be handed anything and a lot of guys in today's day and age don't want to hear that you know, especially the four and five star recruits and guys in the portal. They don't want to they don't want to come in and say, Oh, I gotta earn my minutes. They want to come in and say, I'm gonna be a starter and I'm gonna be playing in the Big Ten. I'm ready to go. You hand it to me. I don't have to put the effort into it because I'm already gonna be the guy that's sought after that's gonna come in and just automatically be handed the 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 the, the mantle of going ahead and running with the torch. And that wasn't Bo. So if guard is still which I appreciate. I like old school. I like pay for play, so to speak. You know, hey, if if you're gonna if you're gonna you know be on the court, then you've got to earn it. I I love that because if you have belief in your ability, you should be able to do that and and not blink. But in today's day, I mean, again, go watch social media. How many people out there under the age of twenty five say just expect it? Just expect to be handed things that don't have the work ethic and don't have the wherewithal and the intestinal fortitude and the mental metal to be able to take criticism and to be able to say, no, you don't got it yet. You're going to have to sit and, and earn your stripes. There's not a lot of people that are willing to do that anymore. And so maybe, maybe Greg guard has tried to change in that aspect. I, I mean, I don't know specifically, but it's just like, man, when you, when you look at this, you're thinking what, if, if the talent's there, like you believe grant, then what is holding some of this talent back from performing at its at, at a level of expectation? Is it coaching or is it just the attitude? And we're not the only ones talking about this. I was talking with a buddy of mine down in Cincinnati who pays attention to both Kentucky and University of Cincinnati basketball and says says the exact same thing. Calipari has struggled with guys that he's recruited because it's it's Kentucky, and they come in and they want to play, and if they don't play, they bitch, whine, and moan about it. Same thing at the University of Cincinnati where the whole team left when the coach changed, and now he's got his guys in, and there were supposed to be all these players that were dominating players, and nothing. They're getting their ass kicked in the Big 12. 
So it's not just in our own backyard, but there are programs that are able, able to navigate all of this. I don't think it's attitude. You know, Connor Asijan's a player that a lot of Badgers fans have have made a stink about this year because he wasn't playing a whole lot. He came and banged up, and he was really successful last year as a freshman, and people were upset he wasn't playing, and he needed to step up his game on defense. He needed he needed to prove himself in a way this year with a deeper Badgers roster that he did in last year. And I wondered, it's like, well, let's see how he handles this. This, is, this will be an interesting case study. If he comes out of this stronger and more competitive and raises his game to earn more playing time, then I know what Connor Asijan's made of. I know the type of player that he is. But if he whines and he pouts and he transfers at the end of the year, then, all right, that tells me something to do. With Asijan, it's been it's been the former. He says he's he's loved the competition this year. He's embraced kind of this season and some of the ups and downs it's brought for him. So I, I don't think there's an attitude issue on this team. I don't I don't think it's a case of modern college basketball players that don't want to do what it takes. Yeah. I, I think it's been some unfortunate luck in a lot of these Big Ten games. I don't think they showed up ready to go against Rutgers and in the first half against Indiana the other night. Now they fought back, but they put themselves in a big hole because they weren't ready to play. So I, I, I don't know what it, I, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is. I just know that four or five times now in the last month, the Badgers have lost a close conference game and I'm left thinking they had no business losing that game. They should have right. won that game four or five different times. Had they won, say, oh, God, I don't know, two more games, and they go four and four in the month of February, four and four in the last eight, it's, that is even a little more palatable. Totally. But to go two and six and to look bad in some of these losses in doing it, that's where the, the screams be, have become almost deafening. Well, and, uh, to, and again, like you're not going to win every Big Ten game especially on the road. Right. Right. And, and Greg Gard the other night's talking about the fire alarm and how it, you know, it, it killed their momentum. Fine. Set the, uh, then fine. The Indiana game is excused. Fine. Bad luck. Right. Tough road game. But then what about Michigan? And what about Rutgers? And what about Iowa? Cause you can't make an excuse for every single one of these games. You need to win some of them, even the ones on the road. Yep. No, I completely agree. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again. 877-867-1670. 1670 coming up bottom of the hour zach heilprin's going to join us stay tuned we got a lot more of the bill michaels show don't go anywhere we'll be back right after this covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michaels show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network do on valentine's day did you get the right gift hopefully you did if you didn't uh, check out our friends at kane and kane jewelers in west bend i was up there uh tuesday as a matter of fact uh andy's been kind of under the weather but uh, for the most part great place love stopping in there I, you just kind of your eyes get wide so you're thinking oh boy there's so much here i'd like to have whether it's men's jewelry or Engagement rings, anniversary rings, earrings, pendants, you name it, uh, charms for the bracelets, whatever it happens to be. Kane and Kane Jewelers, they want to rock your world. They're in West Bend, Wisconsin. Stop in, tell them we sent you. Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That is KaneJewelry.com. Let's go to the phone calls. We got uh, some people on hold wanting to talk some Badger basketball. Corey and Marshall. Corey, how you doing today, man? What's up? Good, Bill. How you doing? Just setting up to do some ice fishing up in Michigan, so I got plenty of time on my hands here on the radio, listening to the radio. There you go. Yeah. So, when I think about UW basketball, I said this evil before in the guys is a soft jump shooting team that shies away from contact. And that's what they've been basically this year as well, for the most part, these last, the 
this last month or so. The talent that's, that they have on the team, it feels like, to me, you can have talent on a team, and I'm trying to make an analogy here, but like think of the Bucks. A lot of talented players, but really like what feels to me like the guy that stirs the drink, sometimes like Bobby Portis. Like a guy that's a little mm-hmm. bit more of like a grinder, that's ready to kind of get down in the mud and kind of do the things that the guys that are a little bit more talented, let's say, not soft, but just like they got a higher level of like ability to play, you know, that right. they, you need a, a glue guy, a guy that's like got leadership ability, that's like, follow me, I'm going to go do these hard things, and you could follow like the tip of the spear type guy, right? It feels like on the Badgers right now, there's not that type of like bulldog, put your head down type, at least one guy that's going to like, have that type of leadership, and I don't know if it if that is something that's innate, or if that's something that kind of flows from the top down. Like Bo Ryan flowed a bit from the top down, like he would just yank guys off of the court. I realize that's a Hall of Fame coach, so I'm not comparing him and guard, but like I'm just saying, like it felt like with that team, like that was the guy that was gonna say, okay, we are gonna do this thing. I'm gonna pull you out of this. Perfect example, and I'll let you get going here. You know, you've been hockey. Hastings came in, and I'm a big hockey fan, big puckhead. A couple weeks ago, they lost to Ohio State. Out of Ohio State, they look bad doing it. Ohio State's a terrible team in hockey, Big Ten hockey. They went to work. They went out to Penn State, and they smoked them two games in a row. Won one game in overtime, mm-hmm. and now they're playing for the Big Ten championship. That shows you what a guy that could just say, okay, I'm going to yank you by the collar, not like in a bad way, but we're going we're gonna to go back to work. We're going to get our leap right here. And we're going to make it happen. It's concerning now. We're starting to hear excuses from guard talking about fire alarms and da 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 and stuff like that. Because the fire alarm didn't make your guys at the end play hero ball and brick up three-pointers when they need to drive the rack and draw contact. Right? Fire alarm didn't do right. that. So it's disconcerting to hear that he's kind of going like that starting a little bit of like, okay, the foundation's getting a little weeble wobble here. And I agree with you, Bill. I'm kind of the same way right now. I'm going to pull my arms, kind of sit back, say, okay, perhaps I'm wrong. And he can pull LaFleur because LaFleur last year, the Packers, halfway through the season, I'm like, this ain't good, man. This is bad. And then by the end of the year, right. pull the door out. So that's my two cents. Um, I'm kind of the same boat that you are, Bill, so I'll jump off and let somebody else get in there. But uh, thanks. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for the phone call. Good phone call, too. So if you're looking for the Bobby Portis type, and I'm trying to think, because, you know, Bobby Portis isn't always a starter, so you're looking for somebody, like, rotationally. Is that like Blackwell, Grant? Coming uh, off the bench? Is that would be, that be like Blackwell or... Who would be that Bobby Portis, that junkyard dog esque type of guy? I mean, Chucky Hepburn's kind of that guy to me because he's he's flying all over the court. Crow is really good in a lot of different areas, whether it's three point shooting, rebounding, whatever. But who's that next guy? Tyler Wall gets a bunch of boards, but he's a starter. And he who else is that energy guy? Well, I mean, they play different you numbers, different positions. But if you're talking about the personality and the effect of a Bobby Portis, I. I think John Blackwell's actually an interesting comp because when he came in the other night, he spurred that run until right. the fire alarm was pulled. And and like let's not let's not 
like Mint's words, the run they tied the game. Like the run was not a failed run. They played themselves back to a zero zero ball game and had a chance mm-hmm. to close it in the final minutes. But Blackwell came in, a lot of energy. He sought out contact underneath the rim and was finishing at the rim and then giving the business to the the defender who couldn't stop him. Like I actually think John Blackwell's yeah. an interesting comp. And he closed the game over AJ Store against Maryland last week. So yeah. Greg Gard has shown that if Blackwell's feeling it, like he's a guy that can get extended run. He's not just a guy that comes off the bench and then, you know, gives way to starters when when the game gets down into crunch time. Right. I um by the way, let me let me back up because he said you can't use the fire alarm as an excuse. Um, I hate to say it, but you kind of can. It's not necessarily about you losing your momentum. It's about giving the team that's on its heels a chance to breathe. And the mo- the ultimate example of this, San Francisco was going to win a Super Bowl. They had all the energy, all the momentum. And then remember, the lights went out down in New Orleans. And after, what, a 30-minute, 20, 30-minute delay, whatever it happened to be, Baltimore regrouped and came back and beat their ass. Now, people will say, well, you shouldn't have let them do that. You had the game. You had the momentum. 100% true. But I think we can all say, had it not been for the lights going out, then I think San Francisco wins that game. I really do. I think it just gave – sometimes it's not about you losing your momentum. It's about the other team – just getting a breather to say, okay, we've stopped the bleeding. So whatever it was, it stopped the bleeding. And and now we can now now we're back, like you said, back to zero. Okay, let's go back to doing what we were doing. Let's go back to getting them. And then you get a little bit of confidence back on a couple of shots. Next thing you know, you're flying high again. When before you were reeling, you were on your heels, going, What's happening here? So it's an excuse, and it's not anything that you or I or anybody that's into analytics can say sabermetrically, analytically to say, this is the reason why. No, 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 I'm not going to go in that direction. But there is something to be said about momentum. Plus, they were at home. Had that happened on the road the, uh, in the, in, at the Kohl Center, the Badgers would have come out with all the momentum. The crowd would have been behind them. Everything would have been going in their direction. And it would have been very tough to come back from a stoppage like that. Whereas the Badgers... They didn't have, you know, like a big crowd there for them. So when they came back, like the crowd was going crazy, going, oh, my God, you guys came back. You got it back to zero. Let's go. You know, no, this was the minute Indiana took the floor and hit the bucket. All of a sudden, you felt the momentum go right back in favor of Indiana. So there is something to be said for that. You can't discount it. And again, you just can't quantify it. That's fine. Like I will give Greg Gard and the Badgers a total pass on the Indiana game. If they they said that it was a, a massive wrench in the wheel of the game, fine. Excused. Then let's talk about Michigan, Rutgers, Iowa, and all these other games. Fine. I'll set the, no, I'll, I agree with that. I'll set the Indiana game aside, but there weren't any other fire alarms going off in those other games, and those games looked nope, really similar. I agree. Nope, 100% agree. This is the only game that I can use that when people say, well, you can't use it as an excuse. Okay, that I, I, I won't necessarily agree with. Everything else you, you just said, 100% agree with. 877-867-1670, bottom of the hour here. Coming up next, we're going to talk with uh, Zach Heilprin. Uh, sports director WOZN out in Madison, our flagship, the mothership out there in Madison. And uh, he covers the Badgers as well. We'll talk with him about what he thinks is going on and uh, where the heat is coming from right now and how loud it is in his ear because he's out there all the time. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Buzzard Billies. Buzzard Billies right there on Pearl Street in La Crosse, Starlight Lounge upstairs. That beautiful old 1860-style brick hotel 
And they converted that thing into a beautiful restaurant downstairs and a great 1950s-style cocktail lounge upstairs. That's just awesome. And I wish I had something like that here uh, in the area. I'd love to go something like that uh, on a daily. I just love those kind of kind of places. Sit back, relax, and have yourself a cocktail and just relax. And By the way, no TV. So if you just want to get away, you go veg for a little bit, that's a great place to go. Buzzer Billy's downstairs. They do have TVs. Upstairs, nah, baby, not. Nah. Check out Starlight Lounge. Pearl Street in La Crosse. Stop in. Tell them we said hi. Zach Heilprint, Sports Director, WOZN, Madison. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Hey, if you are uh, thinking about a getaway, uh, there is no better place than the Four Seasons Island Resort uh, up in Pembine, Wisconsin. Oh, my goodness. They got great stuff up there. Great stuff up there. They have the uh, Bridal Expo coming up uh, starting, um, I think uh, they're going to start really kind of really hitting that thing hard coming up on Monday. But we've uh, we've been talking about it for a little while now. But they've got a lot of fantastic events uh, going on up there. If you're looking for a new destination, say, for a corporate uh, meeting space, they can do that. They've got uh, dinner theater that they do up there. There's they just so much going on at the Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin, and you got to get a hold of our girl, Barb. Uh, just give her a call because uh, she'll accommodate. Because if you tell them you heard it here, uh, you get 15% off your say. 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Uh, by the way, during the Bridal Expo, they're going to have all the vendors there. The banquet rooms are going to be open. Uh, the hotel rooms are open for viewing. You can check out the salon and the spa. Uh, also, they've got the wine and cheese fest coming up, Easter buffet, spring wine dinner. Uh, there's a tequila dinner that's coming up for those of you that love the tequila aspect of things. So a lot of good stuff going on up there on the island, which is just an incredibly historic and beautiful place. Call them 715-938-5110. Get a hold of Barb. Tell her you heard it here. 715 938 10. There you go. Uh, joining us now, uh, our guy with the sports director, WOZN out in Madison, uh, Zach Heilprin is joining us. Zach, how you doing, man? Fantastic. So you give me your thoughts because the cries are getting extremely loud for the frustration regarding the Badger basketball program. You tell me what you're hearing. Well, it's hard not to be frustrated after the last month, right? You go two and six in the month of February, looked it up, it's easily one of the worst months in uh, the last 25 years. I mean, they had a stretch where they went uh, back in 2008 that did almost the exact same thing, but at least they lost rank, a bunch of ranked teams that year. This time, the only ranked team they faced was Purdue and lost that one. So it, this is as bad as it's, as it's been. And it, it, what's so obviously frustrating is you got all the way up to number six. You were first place in the Big Ten, and, and now you've fallen out of the rankings and you're battling for and, you know, one of those first-round buys in the Big Ten tournament, it, it's extremely frustrating. I think it has to be for everybody involved, Greg Gard, players, fans. Everyone is uh, extremely, extremely frustrated. Uh, so, you know, we were asking the question, is it the talent? Is it the coaching? Somewhere in between. I, I mean, you said Greg Gard's frustrated. We're frustrated watching. Is there something you can put your finger on and say, this just has gone completely dysfunctional? Well, I mean, the defense, right? The defense has been atrocious. If you go and look at the the numbers for where uh, this defense ranks when it when it comes to um, 
during this Greg Gard, or I should say Bo Ryan, Greg Gard era, which is essentially the same era as the Kempom. Kempom is one of the more uh, respected analytical services. And when you look at what they've done or what they have done defensively so far this year, this is the worst defense that they've ever put on the floor uh, in the Ken Palm era. And that dates back to 01, 02. So, and it's, you know, that, that's, it's worse than the defense from 17, 18 when they were under 500 for the year, the defense. And it like, if you overall big scheme of things, when you actually look at it, like Wisconsin defensively is still ranked like 53rd in the country, right? That's not horrible, but it's horrible when it comes to Wisconsin and what we saw on the, the other night against Indiana, one of the worst offensive teams in the big 10, and they, they allowed the, the guy to go 11 for 12, the center to go 11 for 12 and just abuse them. It's, it, it, I don't have an answer for it. Greg Gard doesn't have an answer for it either, or else uh, they might have been able to, to fix some things. But they were a much better defensive team last year, and they have a lot of the same pieces, minus obviously A.J. Store playing more. But they are just they – they have not been able to figure it out at all. So now we start to talk tournament. I mean, I keep asking people, what do they need to do to really kind of take the heat off of Greg Gard? And I said, look, when they were number six in the country, I said, you got to get to at least a sweet 16. I'm not changing my my thought process because suddenly they decided not to play defense or at least play a, a dysfunctional style of defense. That's That's what I think is where the expectation is, and that's, I think, what they should do. Otherwise, you may hear Chris McIntyre saying, hey, it's time to make some changes, right? I don't think, like if if this class continues, right? They've lost two of they've lost a, you know what six of eight. If the if the class continues, if they lose their final three and then they go to the Big Ten tournament and lose, and then they lose in the first round of the Big Ten or the the NCAA tournament, I guess you could maybe perhaps uh, make an argument. I, I think if they if they you know win Saturday, they beat Rutgers, and obviously they're going to lose Purdue, and maybe they win one game in the Big Ten tournament and they get to the NCAA tournament. That is a I would say a step in the uh, in Chris McIntosh's mind after what happened last year, maybe a step in the right direction. I don't think he pulls the plug uh, if they don't go deep in the in the NCAA tournament, largely because, and I know no one is going to want to hear this, all these guys are coming back next year. You know what I mean? Like Stephen right. Crawl is already committed next year. Max Clezum is already committed next year. Tyler Wall is the only one that that won't be here for sure. I, I, you know, the transfer portal is always a possibility with some of these guys who maybe haven't seen as much time as they would have liked. Uh, Connor Season comes to mind. Um, but they have a, a really good kid coming in next year, Dan Freetag, who's um, going to provide something in their backcourt. So I, I guess I would be surprised if Chris McIntosh makes a decision, unless it just completely falls off. And they, you know, they lose their last five games of the regular season and then, you know, lose the tournament right away. It's that, that'd, be, that'd be certainly uh, – tough to overlook, but I don't think Greg Gard's going anywhere after after this year. Since the uh, the 2019-2020 season, and we know we were coming into COVID, and the COVID season's kind of tough to judge, but the second half of the season's accumulatively, the Badgers are 18-28. and 28. And so I get when people say, hey, this team's not performing well in the second half of the season, they can't figure things out. I understand it, but it's only been, I think, a total of three. He's actually had a winning season uh, a few years back when he went seven and four down the stretch, and they were above 500, where everything else has been sub 500. So I get where people are getting their anger, and they start off so fast, they make you a believer only to ultimately disappoint you. So my question is, did what we see at the beginning of the season, is that the real Badgers, or is this Mm -hmm. the real Badgers that we're witnessing now? I think it's a mix of both. I don't think they're ever the number six team in the country. Um, they just 
they they just didn't do certain things well enough on a consistent basis for, for me to think that they were actually that good. Um, they have just not ever been a consistent three-point shooting team. We know that they can't play defense. They struggle with, you know, any any big has given them problems down low. So there is a lot of things that go against them. But they also have, a, they have an offense that, you know, efficiency-wise is actually one of the better ones when you when you look at the metrics. Um, it's you know it's it's one of the better ones in Wisconsin history in the last twenty years. It's one of the better ones. So w- the, the problem for them was is it's not as efficient as, as it was earlier in the year, and they've they've kind of fallen back a little bit on that, and the defense has not picked up, and that's where the, I think the losses are coming in. Um, Greg Gard kind of has you know pointed out a few things here or there. Um, that have repeated themselves as the reasons for these losses. And then the other night, the things that they had done so poorly for, you know, for a month, they actually were okay in and then other things fell apart. So for me, I went back and looked at the, the numbers too, because I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, their, their second half collapses in big 10 play, right? Like they just haven't been very good in the second half of the big 10. And you, you go back to 2020 and, and now I, I feel like that, 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 that's a season that, Gosh, you wonder what happens if they actually get to go to the NCAA tournament, right? They they finished on an eight-game winning streak. They were nine and one overall down the stretch. They won the Big Ten. They were going to be the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. I think that team has a chance to make a deep run in the tournament, and maybe our conversations about Greg Gard are a little bit different if they actually get to go through that. But the yeah, next year they go three and seven in their last ten in Big Ten play. Twenty twenty two, they went seven and three in their in their final mm-hmm. ten, and then last year they were five and five in their final 10 and, and this year right now um you know with three to go they still have a chance to to get back to to five and five down the stretch but yes the the second half of the conference season has not been been good in three of the last four years and um i i, I it, it's tough bill it's tough bill. i i think that there is a middle ground for them in terms of what they were at the beginning of the year or you know for the first nine games of the conference season and what they've been lately their, their biggest problem is the inability to finish in close games. They barely played any close games at the start of the year. They're five and six in those in games decided by single digits and two and five in this stretch. So that's not going to get it done, and they, it's a huge problem from last year too. You know, you bring up a really good point, though, that the guys that are there, and we believe that it's a talented group of guys, they've all committed to coming back. And they've looked at this and said, yeah, they, they believe in one way, shape, or form, whether it's the fact that the playing time is there for them or they feel like this is a good fit for them or they really like Greg Gard as the head coach. That's a great point that they would probably stick around because of Greg Gard. If they would make a change, you wonder who would decide to leave. You know what I mean? Well, and I think obviously the, the huge question is who would it be, right? Like if they were to right. make a change, who are they bringing in? I know that there are a lot of Wisconsin fans that are looking down at what is happening in South Carolina with Lamont Paris, who – was and who knows if he would even want to leave that situation for this one. But what he's been able to do down there and turning that program around, he was an assistant in Wisconsin for a long time. He was on the two the staff for the two Final Four teams. I think he's a name that a lot of people are talking about. But I just don't know who the name would be that Chris McIntosh would target. He obviously went out and uh, at the time hit a home run with with Luke Fickle. We'll see if it ends up actually being a, a home run. But I, I don't think. If, if they were to move on from Greg Gard, I would expect an attempt at a similar splash hire, and um, I just don't know what that name would be. 
What are your expectations from here on out, uh, whether it's the Big Ten tournament or going into the NCAA tournament? If I had to sit here and say this is what Zach says is probably most likely going to happen or what you expect this team to do, what would it be? Well, I'm a, I'm a pessimist at heart, Bill. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, which, which is tough, which is tough here. I think Saturday is so intriguing. Illinois is, is starting to play some really good basketball. Wisconsin mm-hmm. has their back up against the wall. It, they're going to be honoring Howard Moore on Saturday, uh, the long time, a player and a longtime assistant whose family obviously was involved in that horrific crash right. uh, a, few, a number of years ago, and uh, they're going to be honoring him. He won't be there, but they're going to be honoring him. A lot of former teammates are going to be coming back and uh, taking part in that. So I think the environment's going to be good, and it's Illinois, and they haven't beaten Illinois since 2019. So I feel like Saturday may decide the way – this goes the rest of the year. If they're able to find a way to win that game, then I think they beat Rutgers. I don't think I don't think they beat Purdue, but you know, two and one to close out the season, and then you go into the Big Ten tournament feeling a little bit better about yourself. And um, and uh, so I I think they find a way to beat Illinois. I know I said I'm a pessimist, okay. but I think they find a way. To, I think they find a way to beat Illinois. They've only lost one game at home this year, and that was to Purdue, and it was probably their best game in the last month. And so yeah, I, I do. I think they find a way to, to beat Illinois, and then. Uh, close the season two and one, and, and we'll see what happens in the Big Ten tournament and, and the NCAAs. Did Northwestern lay the blueprint as to how to beat them? How to beat Wisconsin or to beat Illinois? Yeah. Or not, excuse me, not Northwestern, Nebraska. Did Nebraska lay the blueprint as to how to beat Wisconsin? I know because they were up by so much in the first half, and even in the second half. And Nebraska is just an absolute terror at home. They – they before I think they won their first road Big Ten game, um, in the last the last time they played. I think they have not played well away from home. I don't think that they drew up the the uh, blueprint because personally, Bill, I don't think the other teams beaten Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's beaten Wisconsin so many times. It's been whether it's been turnovers or inability to finish around the basket or stupid fouls like they the the Iowa game comes to mind with that they they have beaten themselves so many more times and that's why I kind of still have a little bit of hope for what they're able to do because I don't think that they're that far away from being able to, to put their name on the you know the left side like they should they they just have beaten themselves and they're they're too smart they're too experienced to continue to do that but at some point that's just who you are and uh they're running out of time to to prove me incorrect great stuff as always yeah, appreciate it zach and we'll talk to you again soon okay all right sounds good bill thank you thanks pal there you go that's zach heilprin joining us for a couple of minutes giving us his thoughts and he brings up a good point when the guys are committed to coming back there's something good there that you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater because you don't want to lose some of the talent that you have what you want to do is expound upon that so uh for all the people that are screaming and I don't know. It sounds like we lost Bill. It sounded like he was lagging a little bit. Let's take our break. We'll get him back, and we'll wrap up this hour of the Bill Michaels Show next. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Just before we went to break and kind of broke up there a little bit, our friends at Lux Golf Bays, I want to give them their proper due down in Franklin, Wisconsin. If you're going to get out and swing the, swing the stick, especially this weekend where it's going to start to warm up a little bit, they have heated bays, they have uh, service, whether it's bar service or food service right there. 
And if it's just yourself or a couple of friends, maybe a corporate outing, whatever, uh, Lux Golf Bays. Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That is LuxGolfBays.com. They are down there in Franklin, Wisconsin, and good stuff. Good stuff from Lux Golf Bays. And if you haven't been there, man, it's, it's an incredible place. Uh, real quick, and this is from Dennis. He says, when it comes to judging Greg Gard and the Badgers, I believe they uh, compare to the Bucks. Very talented team that the players aren't playing to the best of their ability. A coaching change turned around the Bucks. I believe the same needs to happen with the Badgers. Um, Jeff says, I don't necessarily agree. <coughs> Excuse me. Wisconsin basketball as a legit big-time program. My opinion only. They are uh, 18 and 10, and I honestly think that is good for them. I never saw Wisconsin as a blue blood program. Well, you take it year to year, you know. I mean, people don't look at, at Wisconsin as a blue blood program. I, I don't. I don't think anybody really should. Blue blood programs are programs that have numerous na- national titles. They have been powerhouses. They have had long sustained success. Uh, when you talk about it, you've got Kansas, you've got Kentucky, you've got North Carolina, you've got Duke. Um, when you think of blue blood programs in college basketball, that's UCLA. UCLA and UCLA has not been the same for a long time, but Mick Cronin certainly did some wonders out there. Uh, but yeah, there's there's not a lot of that when it comes to, quote, the Blue Blood programs. Tell me who else would be a Blue Blood program other than somebody that I just mentioned. Indiana. Indiana would be one going back uh, years. But Indiana, since, you know, the whole fiasco with Bobby Knight, they haven't been anything. They've had their moments where they've kind of had a little bit of a rise and a little bit of a fall. But Indiana is, in the state of Indiana, the rite of passage is to wear the candy stripes if you're a basketball player. And they, at times, have not even been able to hang on to, you know, Mr. Mister Basketball Indiana. So that's about the six programs that I could look at and say those are the Blue Bloods. Other than that, there, there's no other Blue Bloods that are out there. It's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan. It's not Wisconsin. It's not Penn State. You know, those are football programs. Those are football powerhouses. Um. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody. I, I think really that's it. North Carolina and, and Duke out of the ACC, out of the SEC, it's Kentucky. I really don't think of any other program in the SEC as a blue blood program. Kansas out of the Big 12. I, I think that's it. Indiana out of the Big 10. UCLA out of what was the Pac-10, but now the Pac-49, now into the Big Ten, as a matter of fact. But am I, miss, am I missing any? Michigan State, maybe. UConn, maybe. I'd say UConn right now is probably really the only team. College basketball is so spread out. Like 10 years ago, you could pick like four or five programs that were just absolute powerhouses. And yeah. these days, it's just not the case. Um, and again, UConn's got numerous, uh, you could even go a little bit like back when, you know, Thompson was there, you know, you would look at a, um, maybe like Georgetown, but I'm talking numerous national titles, Villanova, Villanova's got numerous, but they're more recent than they are in the past. 
But Blue Blood is this long, sustained success. And you can't have a quick run and then go away and fade into anonymity. That's why Indiana I would put on the fringe of that. Michigan State, you know, with Tom Izzo, certainly you could say that would be one of the more premier programs. Um, but, but, you know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. When you talk about Blue Bloods, right? All right, we got two hours down. We got two hours yet to go. I want to talk a little Packers football because what's going on, and I had a question earlier, does getting $4.5 million really make a difference? I've got my answer to that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.